talked about the two uh, roads, mountain roads, right? Najdain. One is going up, difficult. The other one is sliding down, it's easy. It is much easier to go to the bank and take out a loan and buy a house than to pay rent and not have a house. It's much easier. It's much more pleasing to the desire. To take out your money out of the bank and take the interest along with it rather than just taking your principal out. That's hard. It's harder. It's more pleasing to the desires to want to take that extra. So oftentimes, the way which is most pleasing to our desires will be the prohibited way. Because these become the, the desires which are without bounds where we don't put the bounds on our desires. But wherever we put bounds, the bounds that Allah has set, then we will find that the right way is more suitable for desires which are kept within the bounds. So then we say on a general scale, that which tends to be most desirous that which tends to be most easy, in general, tends to be the haram. As the Prophet Muhammad had said, this world, this life, is a prison for the believer and paradise for the disbeliever. Right? Paradise, why is it paradise for this disbeliever? Because anything he or she wants to do, they can do. That's paradise. You can do anything you want to do. There are no bounds. Whereas for the believer, he imprisons himself within the bounds which have been set by God. Because he believes that these bounds are for his own spiritual development, for his own betterment, for him to become a better person. So he, he imposes this on himself. And of course it is more difficult. That's in the general sense. But within those bounds, you will have choices. Like we talked about the man, the old man who could have gone to Hajj on a camel or walking. He made things more difficult for himself. Became a burden. So the practice, fulfillment of that religious right became a burden for him. Okay? So it's within that context. Oh, the 
Concerning Christianity, first he mentioned that um, uh, it is stated in the Bible that uh, Jesus was the Son of God. Uh, of course, what I would say to my friend here is that when Jesus spoke, when you look into the New Testament, you'll find Jesus referring to himself as the Son of Man that people around him would call him the Son of God. But whenever he spoke describing himself, he called himself the Son of Man. So, there was a difference between what people were saying and what he was saying. And the statement which talked about Jesus being existent before, right? This is found in the beginning of John where it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and it dwelt among men, etc. However, is this Jesus speaking? No, it is not Jesus speaking. So people can say anything. In fact, this concept of the Word, which in, in Greek is called the Logos, this concept of the Word is an old concept which was introduced originally by a Jewish philosopher called Philo. He is one who spoke of, and he was an Alexandrian philosopher, Greek, Jewish philosopher, who spoke using Greek philosophical terms to describe uh, the relationship between God and man. This Logos became an intermediary, so this now ended up in the beginning of John's Gospel. But Jesus himself did not uh, speak in those terms. This is Greek philosophy. However, in terms of the pre-existence, we believe, as it is stated in the Quran, that when God created Adam, he took from Adam all of his descendants. So in that period of time of creation of Adam, all human beings, all human souls were created at the same time. And they were made to bear witness. This is in Surah Al-Araf. They were made to bear witness that Allah is their Lord, and they all bore witness. This is why each person is born into this world with a consciousness of God, which is called in Arabic fitra, the natural realization of God. And if it weren't for people, say, teaching him 
atheism, etc., he would naturally recognize God in the creation through his work. You know, not necessarily that he's seeing God. Now, for the other statement you mentioned concerning, you know, God becoming man, being born of Mary, so that people may know God, I would question this also because Jesus really did not introduce himself as being God. This is not his teaching. He told people to pray to God, and he prayed to God himself. So if he was teaching them about God, he was teaching them about the God who created him, not about himself being God. And God has revealed himself to man through the scriptures. This is the purpose of the scriptures. God does not become his creation. The creator doesn't become creation. The creator is the creator, and creation is creation. That man who was born of Mary was a man, a human being, who was guided by God to be a prophet of God, to carry the word of God to man, as the prophets before him. Now, Prophet Muhammad, who appeared in Arabia in the 7th century, he was born in Mecca, he grew up in Mecca, and received revelation there at the age of 40. And he called people to the worship of one God, and to the religion which was not his religion, Islam is not the religion of Muhammad, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and on all the prophets. It is not his religion. It is the religion of God. It is the religion which Adam had, which was the religion of Abraham, was the religion of Moses, of David, of Jesus. It was a religion, Islam means submission to the will of God. That's what it is. So he only renewed the message which God had sent to mankind from the creation of Adam. However, he was to be the last of the prophets. And because he was the last of the prophets, then God preserved the final revelation in a way that none of the previous revelations were preserved. Because the previous revelations were not intended to be for all time. The message of Moses was not intended to be for all time. This is why Jesus came. The Jews were obliged to follow Jesus, but most of them didn't. So they went astray. So the message which came with Muhammad, which is contained in what is known as the Quran, this is the only book of revelation which is a pure book of revelation. It does not have the hand of man in there. Man has not removed, added, changed, etc., etc. It is the only book of pure revelation, preserved by God from the time it was revealed 1400 years ago, unchanged, and will continue that way, in the written word, as well as in the hearts, in the minds of believers, all through the centuries, we have hundreds and thousands of people who have memorized the whole Qur'an from beginning to end. And God says in the Qur'an, we have made this Qur'an easy 
for you to memorize. So, is there any who will reflect? And this is what he did. It is the only book, no other book that we know of on this earth, that people have memorized from cover to cover. Surely, yes. You may find somebody who has a photographic memory, who could pick up the Bible, flip through the pages, and tell you what it says. This is an exception. One person in 50 million, God has given an ability to look at something and it stays in his mind. He can read it as if the page is still in his mind. They call it photographic memory. But this is not how people are memorizing the Quran, photographic No, this is thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who memorize the Quran from cover to cover because God has put in the Arabic such a rhyme and a rhythm that it is easily absorbed into the consciousness and retained. And in that way it has been preserved from any change for 1400 years. And will continue that way. In the memories as well as in the written form. And as I said, the, the, the message of Muhammad, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and on all the prophets, was the same message as Jesus, was the same message as David, of Moses, of Abraham, which was given to Adam. That essential message was to submit man's will, as Jesus taught, Thy will be done, your will, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He said, it is not as I will, but as the Father wills, he emphasized submission to the will of God. This was the message of the Prophet. That people should leave worship and submission of their wills to God's creation and take it back to God alone. You're welcome. Any other questions? Or comments? Well, the thing is, for one, we don't rub it on our body per se, right? You know, just hands and face, right? Now, one, one thing you have to keep in mind, right? is that the act of ablution is fundamentally a spiritual act. Fundamentally. The physical cleansing is a byproduct. Can you understand this? This is evident because of the fact that when you make ablution and you pass wind, you now must make ablution over again. But when you passed wind, did your body become dirty in that state of time? No. So it is a state of being, as opposed to a physical, external cleanliness. As a, this is a byproduct. Washing one's nose, mouth, ears, face, feet, hands. This is the, the benefits, the physical cleaning benefits that comes. This is a byproduct. This is not the fundamental aim. 
Now, when a person uses dust or sand or earth, patting the hand, blowing away the excess, because the idea is not to pick up dirt and now start rubbing it on your face, right? Which is not the idea. Huh? The point is that if we were to look at it from a cleanliness point of view, you know that the vast majority of antibiotics come from where? The earth. The vast majority of antibiotics come from the earth, from the dust. Penicillin. Where is penicillin discovered? This was the dust. You see? So, there are cleanliness properties in any case in dust, in earth, which modern science has recognized. But as I said, in any case, the bottom line is that our act of ablution or of purifying ourselves in, in, in preparing ourselves for worship is fundamentally a spiritual act. Bringing ourselves into a frame of mind and spirit that we are now standing before God in worship, submitting our souls completely. They build houses taking loans from the bank. No, we, I mean, which involve paying interest. No, this is something we just mentioned that this is clearly prohibited in the Quran in no uncertain terms, leaving no room for doubt. Either like that, or it is done on a cooperative basis. On a cooperative basis. It may mean certain sacrifices, for example. Say you and I want to build our home. It takes so much money. Neither you nor I have that lump sum of money. But we are paying a certain amount of money in rent. Over the years, we're paying year after year. When you add this all up, it ends up being enough to buy the house. What do you do? You decide to live together in a rented place. The money that you save, you keep saving until you get enough to purchase the home. And then you purchase the home. But it involves a sacrifice. It's uncomfortable to live, be living in a small place with uh, two families and so forth. Difficult. But in the end, you are able to save sufficiently to purchase your home. Or it can be done with a society, a cooperative housing society, where we all decide we all want to build our own homes without paying an interest. So, we all pay a certain amount of money monthly, 100 reals. We all put in 100 reals monthly. And at the end of a year, if you add it up, it adds up to a sum which is almost enough to buy a home. You draw a lot. The person whose lot comes up first, he gets that home. But he has to continue to pay until every person who took part in that uh, initial contract gets their home. And the home is not signed over to him completely 
until everybody gets their home. So it's not his. It is the group until everybody gets. It. And they've done it in Canada. They've done it like this. many, many people have bought their own home, but it involves a certain amount of working together, trust. You know, all these are factors, right? <laughs> but it can be done. Here again, the easy way is to just go down to the bank and sign the loan, right? And in this case, that easy way is haram. So it is not an option for us if we are seriously about submitting ourselves to Allah. He hasn't been forced to, he has chosen to. But now he is waiting for it and he wants to compensate it. Having resorted to that, that is not the situation. But he has, now he is expecting in the end, he wants to do something to him. He said that he wants to find out. Well, first and foremost, you know, if a person... Well, what we can say is that ultimately <laughs> repentance can erase See, in the Islamic system, we are capable of obtaining salvation from our sin through repentance. Sincere repentance. See, we cannot open a person's heart to determine whether his repentance or her repentance is sincere or not. But whether Allah will accept that repentance will be determined by whether it is sincere or not. So a person, if he or she has built their home, knowing full well it was haram, and in the end after building their home, they decided that, you know, this was a terrible thing they had done, and they want God's forgiveness, they can turn to God sincerely and God can forgive them. But now, see, the question remains, will they be turning sincerely to God? You see, when a person goes and he does a crime deliberately, all the while he's doing it, he knows it's wrong. He has in his mind, well, when I'm finished, you know, I'm going to turn to God in repentance. <laughs> and God is going to forgive me. You know, if he has done it in that fashion, then the likelihood is that that repentance... Repentance can erase sin. See? In the Islamic system, we are capable 
of obtaining salvation from our sin through repentance. Sincere repentance. See, we cannot open a person's heart to determine whether his repentance or her repentance is sincere or not. But whether Allah will accept that repentance will be determined by whether it is sincere or not. So a person, if he or she has built their home, knowing full well it was haram, and in the end after building their home, they decided that, you know, this was a terrible thing they had done, and they want God's forgiveness, they can turn to God sincerely, and God can forgive them. But now, you see, the question remains, will they be turning sincerely to God? You see, when a person goes and he does a crime deliberately, all the while he's doing it, he knows it's wrong. He has in his mind, well, when I'm finished, you know, I'm going to turn to God in repentance, and God is going to forgive me. You know, if he has done it in that fashion, then the likelihood is that that repentance is not sincere. The likelihood is it is not. Because, you see, what, for that repentance to be sincere, it cannot involve a planned act followed by, you know, an act of atonement. Like people, you know, who I have met, for example, in America, people from this part of the world, you know, I meet them, they're going to discos and, you know, going out with women who they're not married to and committing all kinds of excesses, sins, and I may talk to him and say, you know, brother, you're a Muslim, what are you doing? How can you be doing this? He said, well, first thing he will ask me is, well, uh, didn't you do it before you were a Muslim? I said, well, yes, <laughs> I wasn't a Muslim then, you know, so I did these things out of ignorance. You know? So he said, well, give me a chance now, you know. <laughs> okay? You had your fun, now give me a chance to have fun. Okay? In any case, he goes on to explain, in any case, in the summer, you know, when I get off school, I, I go back home to Saudi Arabia, and I stop by in Jeddah, and I go and make Umrah, you know, pilgrimage, small pilgrimage to Mecca. And, you know, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu said that from one pilgrimage to the other, from one Umrah to the other, it wipes out the sins in between. Well, you see, this is person is deluded here now. Thinking that, you know, Islam and its practices are just, you know, kind of rituals like, you know, one, you take a pill, you know, when you're sick, you take a pill, you're better, you know. You've done bad deeds, you go make Umrah, that just wipes it off. No. Sincerity has to be there. Sincerity has to be there. God does not accept repentance, which is not from one who is sincere. And one of the signs of sincerity is that one feels remorse. Because this same person comes and he goes and makes, performs the rites of Umrah. Is he feeling bad about what he was doing in America? No, because he's going back to do it again. Right? So obviously that is not acceptable to Allah. Similarly with the guy who got his home, he's now feeling very comfortable in his home. 
In his heart, he's feeling, boy, I'm glad I can put that mortgage. But he said it to Allah, sincerely and repentance. No. These two things really don't come together too well. A person who built his home in ignorance, he didn't know. He heard people saying, yeah, it's okay, it's okay, you can take mortgage, it's okay, because you're not in a Muslim country. And, you know, this is what he heard. So most of what everybody else was doing, so he did it. But then afterwards, he came to knowledge. Some knowledge was brought to him, and he realized it's a sin. Now this person, you can see, he turned sincerely to Allah. But the one who is deliberate, he knows it's forbidden, and he's there going ahead and doing it anyway. And at the end, he turns to God in sincere repentance. It's hard. I can't rule it out, because, you know, we can't, as I said, know what is in the hearts of people. And people can change. But the likelihood is small. can do is to tell people, encourage them. You tell in different ways. It doesn't mean you just keep saying the same thing over and over and over again like a broken record. You use different methods. You may get tapes or lectures, invite them to lectures, or talk to their friends who may talk to them. You use many different channels. Try to use different channels to, to call them. And as long as you have the means and the ability to do so, you do so. I mean, unless you reach a point where a person, you know, it's obvious, this person, he has become, he's an evil person. He really does not want any good. So, of course, it's now a waste of time and effort. You know, the better you put that time and effort into somebody who may benefit from what you have to say. But as long as you see this, the person is a question, question of personal weakness on the part of the person. The person does sense and know in a sense that this is wrong, I shouldn't really be doing this, you know, you know. They tell you, please pray to God, ask to help me, and so Then you should continue. But of course, in your dealing with this person, you know this is a person because they don't fear God enough to, you know, to obey the commandments of God, then you can't trust this person to do certain things. You can't put your trust in this person, you know, what it has to do with your family or your, your money or, you know, these different things. So this is just a scale by which you're able to judge people and know people who are around you, who you can, you know, operate with on a different level than others. This person, you have to limit this person and your dealings with this person to certain areas. But to, to that degree, you continue. Celibacy, yeah. Deliberate. I mean, if a person just never got an opportunity to marry. I know because, you know, some people from Sri Lanka I know and places like India, they...
Pierre is all gray. He's over here working. He hasn't gotten married yet. I mean, he might die before ever getting the chance because he's spending all his time and effort trying to save enough money so his sisters can get married. Well, he ended up dying celibate in this situation. I mean, this is a burden he imposed on himself. He and his people imposed on him, right? Uh, it's not considered the forbidden form in the sense that he chose because if you gave him an option, he say, okay, you know, I'll give you money for your sisters to get married. You know, you go ahead and get married. He said, well, thank you. You know, go and get married, right? So he's not a chosen celibate. You know, that's not considered to be sinful. Okay? But now a chosen celibate, for a person to choose and decide, I do not want to get married. This is prohibited in Islam. This is wrong. Unless he or she has a disease, for example, you've got AIDS, through blood transfusion or something, you ended up with AIDS. You know now if you marry somebody, you will pass this thing on to them. So for you to choose at this point not to get married so as not to harm others, and this is correct. In fact, you should not get married. Unless you marry somebody else who also has the same factors. Well, the Prophet Muhammad said, if you take his statement, you know, at its word, he said, whoever dislikes my sunnah is not of me. Is not of me is understood by the scholars to mean not a true follower of mine, a deviant. That's pretty serious. That's pretty serious. Well, and people shouldn't be forced. I mean, a person should marry, you know. Well, that's a good intention on the part of the father to protect the son from uh, falling into uh, corruption. You know, that's a good intention on the part of the father. But, uh, it, I mean, it depends. I mean, if you're saying if the son is a good person, and uh, he avoids the marriage because he feels he's not ready for it right at this point in time, but he's not avoiding it because he wants to commit fornication and other corruption, then to avoid it is okay. Brother, uh, you mentioned before, uh, those people, many people who are not following the Sunnah, uh, my question is, those people who are not following the Sunnah, well, if the sunnah involves something which 
distinguishes between a believer and a disbeliever, then such a person would be considered a disbeliever. Because when it uses the term Sunnah, it actually encompasses all of Islam. Things which are commanded, things which are recommended, things which were disliked, you know, things even things which were prohibited. Sunnah encompasses all of it, right? So when a person complies with the Sunnah, some of the things may be things which will determine whether they believe or not, because prayer, for example, a person who does not pray, who abandons prayer, by him not following that sunnah, he leaves Islam. But something which may just be a recommended practice, encouraged, that if a person doesn't do it, this doesn't mean that they have left Islam. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والسماء ذات البروج واليوم الموعود وشاهد ومشهود قتل أصحاب الأخدود النار ذات الوقود إذ هم عليها قعود وهم على ما يفعلون بالمؤمنين شهود وما نقموا منهم إلا أن يؤمنوا بالله العزيز الحميد الذي له ملك السماوات والأرض والله على كل شيء شهيد إن الذين فتلوا المؤمنين والمؤمنات ثم لم يتوبوا فلهم عذاب جهنم ولهم عذاب حريق إن الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات لهم جنات تجري من تحتها الأنهار ذلك الفوز الكبير إن بطش ربك لشديد إنه هو يبذر ويعيد وهو الغفور الودود ذو العرش المجيد فعال لما يريد هل أتاك حديث الجنود فرعون وتمود فللذين كفروا في تكذيب والله من ورائهم محيط بل هو قرآن مجيد في لوح محبوب بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والسماء والطارق وما أدراك ما الطارق النجم الثاقب إن كل نفس لما عليها حافظ فلينظر الإنسان مما خلق خلق مما إندافق يخرج من بين الصلب والترائب إنه على رجعه لقادر يوم تبنى السرائر فما له من قوة ولا ناصر والسماء ذات الرجع والأرض ذات الصدع إنه لقول فصل وما هو بالهزل إنهم يكيدون كيدا وأكيد كيدا فمهل الكافرين أمهلهم رويدا بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى 
سنقرئك فلا تنسى إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونسرك لليسرى فلكر إن نفعت الذكرى فيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصلى النار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيى قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم هل أتاك حديث الغاشية وجوه يومئذ خاشعة عاملة ناصبة تصلى نارا حامية تسقى من عين آنية ليس لهم طعام إلا من ضريع لا يسمن ولا يغني من جوع وجوه يومئذ ناعمة لسعيها راضية في جنة عالية لا تسمع فيها لاغية فيها عين جارية فيها سرر مرفوعة وأكواب موضوعة ونمارق مصطوفة وزرابي مبثوثة أفلا ينظرون إلى الإبل كيف خلقت وإلى السماء كيف رفعت وإلى الجبال كيف نطبت وإلى الأرض كيف سطحت فذكر إنما أنت مذكر لست عليهم بمسيطر إلا من تولى وكفر فيعلمه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إيابهم ثم إن علينا بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والفجر وليال عشر والشفع والوتر والليل إذا يسر هل في ذلك قسم لذي حجر ألم تر كيف فعل ربك بعاد إرم ذات العماد التي لم يخلق مثلها في البلاد وثمود الذين جابوا الصخر بالواد وفرعون للأوتاد الذين طغوا في البلاد فأكثروا فيها الفساد فصد عليهم ربك سوط عذاب إن ربك لبالمرصاد فأما الإنسان إلى مبتلاه ربه فأكرمه ونعمه فيقول رب أكرما وأما إذا مبتلاه فقدر عليه رزقه فيقول ربي أهانا كلا بل لا تكرمون اليتيم ولا تحاضون على طعام المسكين وتأكلون التراث أكلا لما وتحبون المال حبا جما كلا إذا دكت الأرض دكا دكا وجاء ربك والملك صفا صفا وجيء يومئذ بجهنم 
يقول يا ليتني قدمت لحياتي فيومئذ لا يعذب عذابه احد ولا يوثق وثاقه احد يا ايتها النفس المطمئنه ترجعي الى ربك راضيه مرضيه فادخلي في عبادي وادخلي جنتي بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا أقسم بهذا البلد وأنت حل بهذا البلد ووالد وما ولد لقد خلقنا الإنسان في كبد أيحسب أن لن يقدر عليه أحد يقول أهلكت مالا لبدا أيحسب أن لم يره أحد ألم نجعل له عينين ولسانا وشفتين وهديناه النجدين فلقت حمى العقبة وما أدراك ما العقبة فك رقبة أو إطعام في يوم مشهبة يتيما لا مقربة أو مسكينا لا مكربة ثم كان من الذين آمنوا وتواصوا بالصبر وتواصوا بالمرحمة أولئك أصحاب الميمنة والذين كفروا بآياتنا هم أصحاب المشأمة عليهم نار مؤسعدة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والشمس وضحاها والقمر إذا تلاها والنهار إذا جلاها والليل إذا يغشاها والسماء وما بناها والأرض وما طحاها ونفس وما سواها فألهمها فجورها وتقواها قد أفلح من زكاها وقد خاب من دساها كذبت تموت بطواها إذ انبعت أشقاها فقال لهم رسول الله ناقة الله وسقياها فكذبوه فعقروها فدمدم عليهم ربهم بذنبهم فسواها ولا يخاف عقباها بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والليل إذا يغشى والنهار إذا تجلى وما خلق الذكر والأنثى إن سعيكم لشتى فأما من أعطى واتقى وصدق بالحسنى فسنيسره لليسرى وأما من بخل واستغنى وكذب بالحسنى فسنيسره للعسرى وما يغني عنه ماله إذا إن علينا للهدى وإن لنا للآخرة والأولى فأنذرتكم نارا تنرى لا يصلاها إلا الأشقى الذي كذب وتولى وسيجنبها الأتقى الذي يؤتي ماله وتنفى